hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jason Wright Show. Best Friday ever. I hope that you have had the best week ever. And even if I can't make this the best Friday ever, I certainly hope I make it pretty darn good. So I'm doing something different today. I thought, why not do a little Q&A? So I get a lot of questions throughout the week from different from different folks about an array of different subjects. I'm one of those guys that I guess because I've got the podcast and I try to stay well informed and apparently I have got some people fooled into thinking that it's actually working. I often get the question that begins with that preface, what do you think about fill in the blank? And so I thought, well, you know, I usually include at least one of my favorite questions throughout the week either through a DM, through an email, conversation, whatever the case may be, I usually try to include at least one of those questions and then answer it in the Vitruvian letter every week. And I thought, well, why not come on and do a Q&A uh, episode of the Jason Wright Show for a best Friday ever? And let's face it, there's never any shortage of news these days. There's always something going on that... All of us is kind of like, look, and I know you that have sent me the questions or you ask me questions. Whenever you ask God me, it's like, like, well, I know that you're brighter, smarter. You're more than anything. You're just like wanting my opinion on on a matter, you know, because you've, you've formulated your thoughts. And you're like, well, I wonder what Jason thinks. And so I thought that I would do that today. In particular, I thought I would start out with this, um, this Sam Harris issue. <clears throat> so for those of you who don't know who Sam Harris is, Sam Harris is a guy that it's it's interesting. He's a very fascinating guy. And he is somewhat of a philosopher. He's a neuroscientist, brilliant. IQ-wise, the guy is brilliant. I first learned of Sam Harris on the Tim Ferriss show. Tim was in, was interviewing him and he was interviewing him about psychedelics and the the benefits of them. And to be honest with you, I was like, Ugh. If this guy's just going to talk about psychedelics, at the time I didn't really understand psychedelics and what was happening with them and their their benefits for things such as PTSD and other other more controlled scenario benefits. Anyway, that's not even the point. Bottom line is, I was like, I'm not going to listen to this guy. But Sam Harris kept popping up. He he really in the last three years I would say has risen to prominence as probably one of the most um, notable atheist uh, philosophers that are out there speaking on topics such as morals and and virtues and how he believes that uh, truth and rationality rise above everything. And I think this whole idea of rationality is probably what has gotten him some bad press in the last 24 hours. So, Sam Harris was on the Trigonometry podcast, and he was talking about Trump. And so anyone that knows Sam or knows of Sam knows that he absolutely despises Donald Trump and and basically despises everything that or anyone that would ever vote for or give any form of, I guess, credibility to Donald Trump as the leader of the free world. And so... There was a question posed on uh, the Trigonometry podcast yesterday where Sam Harris started answering about his views on the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, look, don't worry. We're not getting into a political issue on the Jason Wright Show. I I always try to steer clear of those. 
it just happens to be that this topic of politics or this topic that I want to talk about is uh, it's related to politics. But here's how I want to frame this up. I think now more than ever, with this onslaught of information that all of us are faced with, I mean, we are, we are given more signals for communication today than ever before. I've talked about it on this podcast quite a bit with regard to the, the distractions that we're faced with and why it's so hard to focus and the, the onslaught and incoming information that we have today that, frankly, our ancestors never dealt with. I think because of that, it is more important to understand the way the human mind works and to understand how to be a critical thinker now more than at any other time. I mean, it truly, truly is. The more information you have coming at you, the more you're going to have to process and be quick and in assessing the the messaging and and understanding what's happening. And so this is, I want to frame this. Somebody asked me, just kind of getting to the whole Q&A aspect of this, what do you think about what Sam Harris said? And without doing too much editorializing, Here's essentially what Sam Harris said, and I'm going to let you listen to the clip from Sam Harris himself. He essentially said that that basically Donald Trump was such a threat to the United States of America that it did not matter that news stories related to Hunter Biden's involvement with China, Russia, Ukraine, and the laptop and his drug use and all the, all the other sort of details of Hunter Biden. He said none of that mattered, and that in fact the New York Times and, the, and the, the mainstream media had done the right thing in suppressing this story because it could have tilted the election into Donald Trump's favor. So therefore, he was basically saying that, you know what, uh, it, censorship in this case was okay because in, in someone like Sam Harris's mind, the free world depended upon it. Donald Trump was such, an, uh, such a, a threat to democracy and the the existence of America that it was a by any means necessary. The means justified the ends. Okay? So that's kind of what we have here. So but here's the clip and I want you to listen for yourself and see what you think. Seventh hour when it's when who knows how this election's gonna go, who know who knows what the capacity for you know disinformation at the last minute to to tip the balance is, then what do you do with the Hunter Biden laptop story when we already know, we, we know how this played out in 2016 with the Hillary Clinton email you know, press conference where, where Comey in, 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 a, in an abundance of scrupulosity felt like he had to come before the cameras, I think 10 days out from the election and say, you know, we've, we're gonna open up this, this investigation again because we've got Anthony Weiner's laptop uh, we could see, I mean, again, her failure to become president was overdetermined. She was a, an appallingly bad candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just tracking the poll numbers, you could, like, that was, that was the killing blow to her candidacy, right? That, that final moment. And this was, a, this was a highly analogous situation. This was, we're going to open up this laptop from hell, and the n- news cycle for who knows how long is going to be just a, just the, the, conceivably just a nuclear bomb of a, an October, October surprise, and we're going to get four more years of Trump if we actually give this a fair hearing. But Sam, but you can't do that, Sam. Surely you've got to realize that 
You've got to be fair. And number, the thing that I want to do. We're talk, all equal before the law. Yeah. And aren't then, we? And the other this thing. This isn't the law. But I know it's not the, the law. law. But yeah. if this is, if you accept my, my supposition that this is the public square, then it is the law. It is, if it is the public square, then it is law. Now, you're arguing it's not the public square, which is fair enough. Yeah. Right, that's right. fine. Yeah, but no. why don't we move on? Because I think we, we've done enough. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's of sucked course. up a lot of it. All right, and I, I appreciate the fact that the uh, hosts of the Trigonometry uh, podcast actually challenged Sam that way. But here's the bigger picture, and here's what I want you, here's the way I want to use this as a lesson learned. It's not about uh, whether Sam Harris is, uh, first of all, I'm not going to say anything insulting about Sam Harris. Uh, actually, and just full disclaimer, I'm, I've backed away from Sam Harris, because of reasons like this. Um, I actually used to be a subscriber to Sam Harris's Waking Up app for meditation. I've actually recommended it on this podcast. That I've recommended it to students of mine uh, for coaching clients of mine as a, as a way to get into guided meditation. So I am by no means a Sam Harris hater. Um, but I think what you get from this is some real insight as to how um, often highly, highly educated, high IQ individuals adopt ideas of tyranny. What I heard, and, and feel free to, to reach out and correct me, tell me if I'm wrong. But when I hear someone with the intelligence level that Sam Harris has say that it's okay to censor certain stories because essentially now here's the editorialization so news that i'm just letting you know here it comes because the general public are so dumb and so incapable of figuring this out on their own that if they hear this news story they might be so dumb as to vote for Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden the same way they voted for Trump versus Hillary Clinton because of Anthony Weiner's laptop. So essentially, you have individuals like Sam Harris that think unless you are of a certain, I don't know, IQ level, whatever. And by the way, Sam Harris is not a far, far left guy. He's certainly not on the right. He is what I would consider, you know, I told you, his religion, for lack of a better word, is rationality, okay? And he tries, and, and this is why I have enjoyed listening to him speak on, I mean, it's like, look, there are times now these days more than ever where I find myself agreeing with what Bill Maher says on issues. Now, I, and he is a, a definitely left of center, but Sam Harris was that kind of guy. He was, he was or he is a guy generally able to look at an issue and apply rationality over emotion and feelings and self-fulfilling prophecy. In this case, though, what I hear and what, what is frightening about this is um, that he essentially says, I don't trust the people. And so essentially people like him and a lot of the people that you see in politics these days uh, generally on one side of the aisle, they just don't trust that people are bright enough and smart enough to make the right decision for themselves. I mean, a self-governing, which is the way our democratic republic has been set up, is we are a self-governing people. We are a government of the people, by the people, 
for the people. You know, someone once asked um, Benjamin Franklin, what, so Dr. Franklin, what sort of a government have you given us? And he said, a democracy if you can keep it. It's a very fragile state whenever you hand the, the, the levers of government as it's supposed to function in the United States of America, in a constitutional republic, it's a, the, the government is supposed to actually be in the hands of the people to decide how they want to be governed. It's a, it's a, it's a genius and remarkable and a miracle of governance and political philosophy that is the United States of America in that it is the first time ever that a government being created out of whole cloth was placed into the hands of the citizenry, and basically all the limitations were taken from the central power, central government, and given to the people. And the only real dictates that are that are outlined in the Constitution is what the government, as opposed to what the government has the right to do to its citizens. Instead, our Constitution says all the things that a government cannot do to us. It's our rights and privileges that are inherent, that are unalienable. That means they cannot be alienated. They cannot be separated. And they're given by God. They're given by providence. They're given by, even if you don't believe in God, there's just some universal higher uh, higher understanding of certain rights such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that no government or person should ever be able to infringe upon the individual. So when you have a government like that, then here's what it requires, and this goes back to what I said earlier. Ours is a government that requires citizens to be thinkers. My great hope you know, is not to prove Sam Harris some, you know, uh, I don't know, some tyrannical dictator cloaked in academic uh, knowledge and understanding, but as to, as someone who's just, hey, let's. I would love for all of us to get together and prove Sam Harris wrong on a daily basis, where more people were thinkers and can make rational arguments to to say to Sam Harris, hey, look, and this is what these guys, I, I think, uh, and they did. I, again, I don't know the whole, I've seen these guys before, their podcast, uh, the, the Trigonometry podcast, I've, I've heard of it, I've never really listened to it, although it's wildly successful. Um, I, I was, uh, again, I commend them for challenging Sam on this because there's more at stake here. And, and look, there's a lot of people that think that they're willing to outsource the hard questions, outsource the challenging questions to people that they perceive as smarter. And I'll be honest with you, when it comes to uh, neuroscience, I'm going to outsource a lot of the details of that to someone like Sam Harris to go decipher and, and report back to me what I need to know about neurochemistry, neuroscience, uh, managing and protecting and optimizing my brain because that is his field of study. When it comes to, in this case, governing philosophy, whew, I don't want Sam Harris to be the president of the United States. I don't want to outsource my political philosophy to Sam Harris because Sam Harris is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to trust you up to a certain point. But if at the moment that I decide you are not bright enough to make this decision, I'm going to keep you ignorant. This is exactly what he just said there. And he, and, and again, not that Sam Harris needs my defense. Sam Harris does not know who Jason Wright is and probably never will. And if he did, he would probably say, hey, I'm sorry, you're just not bright enough to have a, have a conversation with me. I'm not wasting my time on some East Texas hick like you. But that aside, in this case, 
making the argument that if people know everything, if they know all the facts, they might make the wrong decision as I see it, okay? And I being the arbiter of what is right and wrong in this situation, I can't allow some ignorant rubes to have all the data because they may mistaken that as a reason to not agree with me. This is exactly what happened before in, in times whenever there were there were times in our history where certain groups were not allowed to be literate. That's why still to this day in parts of the world, certain citizens are not allowed by law to know how to read because when people start to read, when they start to think, then they start to challenge. This is the reason why public education exists in the United States of America. Thomas Jefferson believed in a free, liberal education, a classical, liberal education for everyone. If you are an American citizen, you should have access to an education. Why? It goes back to what I just said earlier. This is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. How can we create a governance for ourselves if we don't even have the ability to read and critically think and understand and question? And we need to be able to say, you know, we need to live in a society where someone like Sam Harris is able to go, give them all the data. Again, this is a government of the people, by the people. And they will make the right decision. Now, granted, you, you know, you, what was it? I can't remember which political philosopher said it. Um, the the uh, people get the government they deserve, and they get it good and hard. And we've gotten it good and hard multiple times throughout our, our nation's history. But at the end of the day, it's for us to decide, of us as a, gov- as, a, as a people, as a body of people, as a federal people, a federation of states, individually, individuals coming together. It's us to decide. It's not up to the people like Sam Harris to go, yeah, they're pretty good at making this this decision or this decision, but we can't let them make this decision. They're just not smart enough. I mean, after all, because, and, and again, someone like Sam Harris see, equates people electing Trump to as president to people electing a, 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 a baboon. I mean, they re- he really he's that um, has that much just just disdain for anyone that would ever even conceive of voting for Donald Trump as president of the United States. You're just too dumb, and because and I think that that's why you're seeing a divide right now in America that is so harsh against the the elite, the educated, the college educated versus the non college educated and the quote unquote working. Class. I hate using terms like class and working class or whatever, because uh, you can be filthy, stinking rich and worked your ass off to get there. And by the same token, you might make twenty five thousand dollars a year and be absolutely brilliant, and you choose to do so. So I don't like making categories like that. So sorry for that disclaimer. But I think the the gap is widening because the people that are the brilliant people that are absolutely brilliant, but just don't happen to be credentialed in this sense that Sam Harris is, are going, hey, brother, just because you have the degrees 
and you get to put doctor in front of your name and you are a neuroscientist, it doesn't mean that you have all of political philosophy so figured out and so fine-tuned that you should be making the decisions for me and what I can and cannot see and what I cannot read. And so we cannot allow this, and this is the whole idea of why free speech is so important. I believe that we need to have everything out in the open so that humans can instinctively and critically decide for themselves what they believe to be true or not. But now, then this comes back to being a critical thinker. There's so much coming at us. I just read a book not too long ago by Derek Sivers that's phenomenal. It's the How to Live. And it's and he does a fantastic job of in one chapter making an argument for how for ex, this is just an example this probably is, this isn't verbatim I'm not quoting this but essentially it says <clears throat> he'll write with such authority that don't think don't think too long on something just do it make a decision and stick with it and go go full force run in that lane as hard as you can until something changes just go 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 then he'll go in the very next chapter and make all the arguments with just as much authority as to why you should not do the very thing the first one just told you. And both sound great. And if you were hearing it for the first time, if you were hearing hearing one argument versus the other for the first time, you might go, oh my gosh, that's, that's exactly what I'm going to, and I've done this. I mean, we all have. How many things throughout the course of your life have you heard someone with authority that you gave credibility to, that you trusted, and you're like, I'm, I, that's absolutely true. And so therefore, I should you know, and it, I should censor this information from this person because they might make a bad decision. See, I believe that Sam Harris should absolutely be able to make the comments he made. I think 100% he should be able to say, we should censor what the New York Times did with the Hunter Biden laptop story was absolutely accurate. I think he should be able to say it all. Because I think we need to have other people be able to question that and go, wait a minute, Sam, like these guys did again, to their credit, hey, Sam, wait a minute. Dude, that's not right. What you're saying is just not right. And so what my thought on this is, is while, yes, there's the visceral just kind of um, like, oh, my God, would you re- are you serious? You talk about by any means necessary. You think that it's better off to keep a people ignorant, that, that that's how we should be doing it. That's how our election should be decided. Because I can probably guarantee you if there were a terrible story which sam goes on to talk about this the trump university story he thinks the trump university story and the scandal that was trump university was way bigger and way more important as to whether or not donald trump was fit to be president of the united states than this hunter biden laptop story okay maybe maybe i don't know that's for the people to decide you and i we certainly heard everything there was to hear about Trump University, about Trump groping, about everything. And thank God, I want, I'm glad we should hear all the dirt. Every single thing that's out there. Nothing about Trump, Biden, Clinton. It doesn't matter. If it's happened, it should be out there. And we, the people, have, should be in a position to critically think and go, Is this what I want in my leader? Is this someone who's going to be good or bad for America? Is this someone who is going to offer more or less liberty and freedom? 
Is this someone who is going to be more or less likely to get us into a foreign entanglement? We need to be able to get it all on the table, and I don't care who the candidate is. So I was really, and I was disappointed because, again, I, I and, and look, I, I like to try to practice what I preach. I know that Sam Harris, you know, I'm a, I've made no no bones about it on this podcast. I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I know there's some of you listeners out there that you go, oh, dear heavens, bless his heart. What an idiot. But but you're listening. So my hope is you go, you know, when it comes to religion, Jason's a complete moron. He believes in that whole fairy tale thing about Jesus rising from the dead and everything. But he has some really good ideas on neuroscience and the way he takes care of himself. And he seems to be a positive guy. And I don't know. He makes me laugh every once in a while. So yeah, I can put that aside. That's the way I am with guys like Sam Harris, Bill Maher, Christopher Hitchens. You know, we don't believe the same thing when it comes to, to religion or faith and on a lot of other issues. But I'm like, yeah, but one thing about Sam Harris, when it came to my experience for getting into meditation, I'm willing to listen to all of it and decide for myself the pieces of Sam Harris that I will consume and those which I will not. And, Turns out, so someone asked me, asked me, what did I think about the Sam Harris issue? And it's probably because I have, again, I have um, made very positive comments and still will uh, about Sam Harris in the past. But as it relates to this, I think it's a scary road. And I would just encourage you all, this audience, uh, don't outsource your, un, your political philosophy. To, listen to others. Uh, but I would say if you're if you're gonna if you're going to read Noam Chomsky, for example, okay, if you're gonna read that, read Milton Friedman. All right, if you're gonna read Paul Krugman of the New York Times for for economics, go pick up a book by um, Walter Williams. Okay, get both sides. L- try to understand what the difference in uh, in economic theories are. If you've heard the name Adam Smith and the Wealth of Nations, but you have absolutely no flippant idea what the Wealth of Nations was and who Adam Smith is, but if it keeps popping up in really important conversations, then that's probably a good indicator you should know who Adam Smith and Wealth of Nations is. By the same token, if it if there's a... Uh, if you keep hearing things about, you know, the New Deal, let's say you've got two different people. You've got one side of the aisle that says the New Deal only prolonged economic growth and the Great Depression longer than it should have. You have others, like my grandparents, I'll tell you right now, my grandparents who thought the New Deal is what saved theirs and members of my family's lives. Why? Why and what are the differences? If you, he- if you keep hearing a subject come up where, where you're, li- it's, it's, it's having library knowledge. I can't remember right at the moment where, I, where I, I, I first read of this concept of having library knowledge versus deep knowledge. Library knowledge is, you know there's a book on it and you know what the book's about, but you have no idea what the, what's in the book. That's library knowledge. I know there's a library. I know the book's there, and I know the, the name of the book. I know who wrote it, and I know what the book is about, but I've never read it. If you think that you, just because you know the author, you know the name of the book, but you've never read the book, and you know everything that's in the book, you're a dumbass. I'm sorry. You're just a dumbass. Read the damn book. Sorry for the language, but read the damn book. 
I think that's what a lot of people don't do anymore. We read headlines, we read Facebook, we read posts, but we don't read the book. We don't dig down into the layers. And I think that's the biggest problem. And you know what? That has lent credence to Sam Harris's argument. He, what he instinctively knows, especially as a, as a scientist, he knows that most people have library knowledge, not actual book knowledge. And because he knows that, he doesn't trust the judgment of the general public. And therefore, what happens is you get, a, and let me tell you something, Sam Harris, that's, it's a powerful voice. We're talking about a guy, okay, for example, those of you who listen to this show that you've heard the name Jordan Peterson a ton of times, you're Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson. Okay, some of you, because I, I, I'm fortunate, I'm, I'm, it's very cool. I know for a fact I have a very left-leaning listenership, a very right-leaning listenership, and some of you, you don't even have a freaking clue, and I love that. And I want you to know, it is my mission to speak to all of you without ever hiding who I am, okay? Just, just to put that out there. So, so some of you, if I say the name Jordan Peterson, you go, oh, that's that transgender-hating, homophobic former professor from Canada that all the uber-right-wingers like, and I think he might even be a Nazi. There's some of you who, who, who that's what you think Jordan Peterson is. There's others of you who think Jordan Peterson is the most brilliant scholar to come out of obscurity in the last five years. That guy is teaching personal responsibility and articulating it in a way, and by the way, he's very gentle and kind and scholarly in the way he does. There's some of you that think that. And then there's some of you that are like, who the hell is Jordan Peterson? But I guarantee you, even those people that say, who the hell is Jordan Peterson? Some of you are right now going, wait a minute, I have heard that name. I, I have heard that name. Sam Harris is one of those guys. Sam Harris is one of those names that if you just start to, if you just put your toe into the water of, of um, I don't know, modern philosophy, thinkers, authors that are kind of shaping, and, and Douglas Murray is another one that are kind of talking about, Adam Grant, I mean, I'm sorry, I just these names are coming to mind. And by the way, they're on both sides. Adam Grant far is pretty, I don't want to say far, but Adam Grant, brilliant professor at Wharton. On the left, um, Jordan Peterson, uh, traditionally on the left, but loved by the right. Noam Chomsky that I mentioned earlier, far left. There's all these different ideas that get bandied about. And I, I guess my, what you know, this rambling spawned by Sam Harris, who, again, left of center, not far left, but left of center, is to say that good ideas can fall left, right, and in the middle. And crappy ideas can fall left, right, and in the middle. It is up to us to decipher these ideas, to, to grasp these ideas, and decide for ourselves what we think is the best idea based on that which we know, not based on some thin library book knowledge. Wait a minute. Nope, nope. That was a number one New York Times bestseller. 
Here's what it's about. I even read the introduction, so this is what it's about, and I heard this, and so that guy wrote it. He's right. No. Dig deeper. Because what you have, and this is what each and every one of us should take hold of, and this isn't some crazy conspiracy theory, get out there and, you know, hunker down and take up arms and get ready. That's not what this is, but... What you have is a guy that, and by the way, and here's what makes what I'm about to say a hope not inflammatory. If you're not careful, you will have a guy like Sam Harris in good faith propose something horrid, deplorable, and evil such as keeping you ignorant lest you make the wrong decision. Be able to think for yourself. Be able to take all of this onslaught of knowledge. Know why you know what you know. I can't remember who it was that I just read recently that said, if you know you're going into a conversation for a more palatable word than argument or debate with someone that you know fundamentally you disagree with. Keep in the back of your mind this thought. I know what I know. So I'm going to listen, but I'm still going to listen to this person. The goal is not for me to listen to what they think so that I can find cracks to change their mind, change their thoughts, change their ideas. That's not why we're having this conversation. That's not my goal here. My goal instead is to, I know what I know. I know who I am. I know what I believe and I know why I believe it. But I'm going to listen to this individual anyway. Because one of two things is going to happen. Your thoughts are going to be either confirmed, or better yet, they might cause you to question your thoughts, and then you must go and reaffirm, dig deeper, find more data to go, okay, I was right about that. It does turn out that this philosophy is better. So... That was the, and I may include that one in the Vitruvian letter. I usually do some sort of a health and wellness question, but this was one I thought was really important because Sam Harris has millions and millions of followers. He has an incredibly uh, popular podcast. Again, his app, Waking Up, his book, Waking Up. He is an, a highly influential, I mean, all the major podcasts. I, w- I mean, like I said, I would love to have Sam Harris on and have a conversation with him just to uh, get to have that um, his intellect in in my in my ecosystem for even five minutes, but I assure you, he would say Jason who and go yeah no not worth my time, you know that's just not he's but I think that it's worth all of our while when you hear a name and you hear and you and don't and please I encourage you when you hear that the headline of someone. That is that has done something that you highly, highly agree with. You're like, yes, I love that person. I love her for what she said. Be careful. You're setting yourself up for disappointed, for, for being disappointed. They, they acknowledged something, behaved in a way that reflected you, and so you agree with it, and so now you're on their bandwagon. But give them a time, give them time, they're gonna do something to confirm what you may have already known, which is that they're completely 
different from you. A great example is, um, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers, who you never know what to think about Aaron Rodgers. You know, he was this, you know, celebrated by the right for his his attitude and his um, steadfastness with regard to COVID and vaccination and immunity and 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 all that. Uh, but just as before you turn around, he'll do something that will make the left go, oh, wait, we do love that guy. And, you know, I think that's what's happening right now. And, and look, it's it's playing out. Look, what, what, whether you're on the left or the right, you got to admit what's happening at CNN is pretty remarkable. Uh, Brian Stelter is out. He is no longer there at Reliable. I mean, he was kind of like the, I would think, their, their top news guy at CNN. And I think I read where CNN's, Ratings have plummeted by some 90. I think I have that right. 90%. I want to look up that, look that up real quick because that is, that's kind of crazy town. Uh, but I do think it was 90% that they were down in 2021. So essentially, no one trusted, no one, no one other than the hardcore followers or whatever, uh, seen and trust what they have to say. And we know that they famously lost $300 million trying to launch CNN Plus, which I guess is kind of like a Daily Wire or a um, or it's a, a streaming service. I think Fox has one. Politico might. Um, I can't remember. There's there's multi, there's there's several um, you know streaming media services out there. CNN 300 million down the tubes didn't work. Uh, Chris Cuomo gone. You know, when you when you reach a point where people just don't trust you because you only put one side of it out, and it's just like the left. I mean, you're not going to have somebody on the left listen to Fox News because they've got this idea that it's all they're all preaching from one narrative. So you know what? And I hear this all. I hear people bitching constantly about CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. Fill in the blank. They're they're you know Newsmax is amazing. You know, Fox News is amazing. CNN sucks or CNN. Hey, I can go there. The New York Times, if I read the New York Times, I know that I'm getting the news. New York Times, burn it. It sucks. Bunch of propagandists. You know, there's an onslaught of information out there. Go think for yourself. If you're outsourcing your understanding of what the hell's going on in the world to others, then, hey, shame on you. Shame on you. And so, as a as a tactical matter, by the way, so because I, I can hear someone out there going, "Well, isn't that what they're for?" I said, where, "Where do you get your news? What are you supposed to do?" Well, first of all, I read a, a multitude of sources, but you know what? More than anything, I look at news the way I look at the stock market, which is to say, I look at it very rarely. I look at it through a much longer term lens, if you will. Like, I don't buy and sell stocks based on what's happened in the last day, week, month, or basically even year. I buy companies, stocks, and investments that I can look 100 years in the rearview mirror and to the present and go, okay, given all that data, here is the most likely outcome for this sort of an investment irregardless of what happens. It's the same way with the news. Ryan Holiday made a very good suggestion, and it, 
I won't get into some of the thoughts I had on Ryan Holiday during during the COVID lockdowns and some of the his, just his behavior towards his audience and people that were you could I just would read every once in a while comments that he would make to people who were obviously very supportive of him personally and had always been someone that um, had followed him and he was uh, he was less than gracious. Uh, including to me one time in an email, but I didn't care about that so much. But I just, unlike other people, I thought he was kind of rude to. But nevertheless, <laughs> I was actually trying to give Ryan a compliment in this little diatribe. So one time he he was talking about how whenever COVID first hit, the first thing he did was he read the, uh, there's a book called The Great Flu, I think it was. Or it's about the Spanish flu. Um, and he read that book to get an understanding about the way the media handled it, the way the stories were, the way the people reacted, the way business reacted, just to understand, because there's nothing new under the sun, and history always repeats itself. It may have a different flavor. It may We may do things a little differently, but it is truly amazing how history does, in fact, repeat itself. So one of the things that a lot of the, the thinkers and people that I see that seem to remain in a with a calm and cool head no matter what circumstance is because they know their history, and they don't look at the headline of today with as much, um, I guess, scrutiny as they look at the context in which the headline fits into a much longer term, a much his, much more historical perspective. So that's what I've tried to do. And so I would just encourage you, if you are somebody that goes to the news each and every day, if you go to CNN, you go to Fox, you go to MSNBC, you go to Newsmax, wherever you go, Sky News, wherever you're looking for your news, I would say... Again, don't just have library knowledge about a topic. When you hear about the Laffer curve, whenever you hear them changing the definition of recession, know what the hell they're changing. Don't be someone that goes out there and yells, they're changing what recession means. Well, what did it mean before they changed it? I don't know, but Jimmy Joe said they're changing it. Okay, what did it mean? Because then you can go, I can tell you exactly what it means. It means two consecutive quarters of of negative economic growth in the country. That has always been the definition of recession. And they're just, they're, all of a sudden, they're, they're using semantics. They're trying to pull one over on me. And someone argues with you, then you can at least state your case. This is what it has always meant, and now all of a sudden it doesn't. Why? Can you explain to me what has changed? And then you can have some, you can, you can have some context, be able to speak about what's the, long, what's the average... A recession lasts. How long do they last? And what is the actual ramifications of a recession? Is it something that we should be that worried about, or is it just something that now gins up clicks, once upon a time ginned up just ratings on the, the, the nightly news? Is it something I should really worry about? And then bring it to, okay, based on historical context, given the industry that I'm in, given the work that I do, given the amount of money I need to make, given the, the region I live in, the town I live in, the economic drivers of that region, what is the likelihood of a recession having an impact on me, my family, and my neighbors? Know those things. If nothing else, it keeps you from freaking out when you really don't need to freak out. But you got to know. You got to be, again, if you, if you are someone that can answer those questions intuitively, instinctively, you know them, you've done the homework, then you're someone that is able to prove a guy like Sam Harris wrong, an intellect who thinks you're too dumb to know better. Okay? So that's the answer to my question of what do I think? I mean, that's a, look, you know, 
to to uh, the person that asked that question, what do you think about the Sam Harris dust-up? Probably more than you bargained for, uh, but hopefully hopefully, what I've done with this, con- this, this rant is giving you the hopefully the motivation to just dig in, educate yourself, then educate the people around you. Talk to your wife, talk to your mom, talk to your dad, talk to your kids. You know, there, my, I have two daughters that one just graduated from college, one that's got another year in college. When big, big issues of the day pop up, I'll text them and call them and say, hey, girls, give me a call and we can talk about this. Let's, let's, I want to hear your thoughts. Not just let dad tell you what you're reading. Let dad tell you what, how you should think about this. I've, I've tried to never do that with them. Instead, I want to know, what are your friends saying? And here are some responses that you, from a historical context, from a little bit deeper knowledge, here's, here's how you can kind of not only make sense for yourself, but also help them to make sense of it. Okay, well, that's it. I Thanks so much for joining me for the best Friday ever. And hey, this Sunday, it's the next Stone Chiseler Sunday. It's installment two of the 25 chapters of the Stone Chiseler, my new book. This book was inspired by Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. It's all about understanding that no matter how dire, how bad your circumstances are, there is meaning to your life. You just have to find it. And if you can find that meaning, if you can find that purpose, then it will drive you to keep going. And so Stone Chiseler Sunday, Chapter 2 of my latest book, this Sunday on a special episode of The Jason Wright Show. Until we meet again, keep continuing to improve always and always. I'm out.